The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, good morning and welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we are having a few technical difficulties here this morning, but bear with us. Uh, The enemy has gone to no lengths to make sure that this show did not go on live this morning. So you want to make sure that you listen up because I'm sure there's some some things that the enemy doesn't want said. (laughs) So we are live today, unless, of course, you're listening to us on Saturday on an AFR station. We are live during the week and you can catch us right now on our phone app. Uh, You can go to FISM.TV. You can catch us there. You can watch us on Facebook or YouTube. So uh, hopefully soon enough, we'll be back in that that eight o'clock central, nine o'clock Eastern time spot on the the AFR stations. I want to get quickly to a little bit of economic news just to kind of recap what's happened this week. Well, in the labor markets, we had initial claims. They rose a little bit in spite of a downward trend. Continuing claims did the same. And the four-week moving average did the same. So it bumped up a little bit in spite of a seven-week downturn. Earlier in the week, we got the jolts numbers out. So we got job openings and they dropped to 10.1 million in August from 11.2 in July and 11.9 million in March. So we were in a really, really strong job market. Now we're just in a really strong job market. So there's still 1.7 jobs available out there for every person that wants that is willing and able to be working. So quits are trending down. Um, the great resignation that we've heard of is tempering. ADP employment data jobs came out. Um, that came in a little bit stronger than expected, meaning that the Fed may continue their aggressive hike. Meanwhile, uh, annual pay was up 7.8% for those who stayed at their jobs and 15.7% for those who actually changed jobs. So that is this great resignation that we've been talking about. Um, We also had the unemployment rate tick up just a little bit, which is not a bad thing. Um, As far as inflation news, personal spending rose 0.4% month over month while consumption Consumption stayed strong, but um, wages are rising at only 0.3% month over month. That means the consumer is getting squeezed. In the housing market, we're seeing softening their mortgage applications down 14% as the 30-year mortgage spikes to 6.75. We've got a lot of other things, other news that indicates a weakening economy. We've got a bear market trifecta with the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ in bear market territory. Bonds are in bear territory. Gold is down. So where do we go? You know, it sounds like bad news all around. But um, that's why we have Riley Wildman, and she's coming to us from the AFA Foundation to talk to us about the charitable gift annuity. At this time, I think we need to shift our focus 
to investing in heavenly treasure. So welcome, Riley, to Financial Issues. Thank you so much, Shanna, this morning for having me on this morning. Well, great. Well, tell us a little bit about what the AFA Foundation does. Yes. Um, and, and before I get in, jump into that, I just want to um, thank you again for having me. And um, with Dan's passing and everything, you know, he t- just took me under his wing and he mentored me um, for the past um, several years um, since I graduated from college back in 2011. So I wanted to kind of share that with you and um, let you know it, it it wouldn't be without him that the foundation is what it is today. Oh, thank you for saying that. I know you were special to him yes. as well. Yes, ma'am. And um, well, uh, the foundation um, is basically a financial stewardship um, division of American Family Association. So it's one of our divisions underneath the umbrella of AFA called the AFA Foundation, and we help build family uh, legacies through, like you mentioned, Shanna, the charitable gift annuity. Um, We also help in estate planning, uh, bequest, wills, and trust. Um, But our main emphasis in the foundation is what you mentioned, um, the charitable gift annuity. Right. Well, can you tell us a little bit how that works? I know there's several different components and, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about as a good source of fixed income and good stewardship because you're making a gift to the kingdom. So tell us the details of how that works. Yes, yes. The um, the terrible gift annuity, basically um, someone can call in and give a gift. Um, I call it a lump sum to AFA and AFR um, and in return receive a fixed income coming back to them for the rest of their life. Um, The minimum amount to fund a charitable gift annuity is $2,000 or anything above that that you can gift to AFA and AFR. And when somebody passes away, um, anything left over uh, goes back to the ministry to further on the kingdom. So that's great. You know, that's a great way that people can... Um, have kingdom beneficiaries, you know, because that's one of the things that I find people don't even think about a lot of times whenever they're doing estate planning, you know, they just, the, the, the simple will says everything to my spouse and then everything to my kids. And so many Christians are, are really so generous in their giving while they're alive. It's just never even occurred to them that, you know, that their current giving could serve as a blueprint for what they leave behind. And because it all belongs to God anyway, it's good wisdom right. to ask him what he wants us to do with this stuff when we don't need it anymore. Well, That's tell us, right. how can our listeners pray for and support the work of AFA Foundation? Yes, Anna, um, the main the main way now is um, you can pray that our country turns back to God, um, first and foremost, honestly. And then um, as far as AFA goes, um, pray that the Lord gives us wisdom and direction to know what battles that we can um, take on um, and to continue the encouragement to Christians as they stand for Christ um, in this hostile culture. And we'll do the same for y'all, Shanna, at Financial Issues, um, ever since Stan passed to continue to pray for FISM and uh, Miss Yvonne and the girls there, because I know um, it it is hard going through this since Dan has uh, passed. 
Yeah, we appreciate that. You know, that's the thing that we have to remember, that we're all on the same side. We're all working for the same common goal. And tell our listeners how they can find out more about the details for their specific situation uh, if they're they're interested in a charitable gift annuity. Yes, ma'am, Shanna. Um, They can visit our website um, at afafoundation.net. That's afafoundation.net or they can give us a call anytime. Um, they can reach us by phone at um, the number 800-326-4543, extension 345. I'll give that again. Um, it's 1-800-326-4543, extension 345. Great. We thank you so much, Riley. You did such a great job. I know you were nervous about thank coming on, but you yes. did so good. <laughs> And I just encourage you folks to go to our website. If you didn't catch the number or the website, you can go to financialissues.org and click on the AFA uh, Foundation banner and you can get to that information the same way. Well, folks, we are coming up on the end of this segment and we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be right back. If you're listening to us on social or uh, Facebook, YouTube or the app, you can post your questions there. I'm Shana Burt with Financial Issues, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and, and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit IndiaPartners.org to see how you your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, no. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. 
To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we've got William calling from Mississippi. Hi, William. You're on Financial Issues. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, My prayers are with everyone with financial issues and your missions. Thank I'm you. retired. Oh, you, you thank you. Uh, I'm retired. Medicare starts next month. My uh, my questions. Uh, I've I've got to sell UT seventy four and UT eighty two. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to time the market, but I, in some ways, I guess I am. I've heard uh, you say in the past, and I just want to verify this. Um, you know, if you sell one position like UT74 and buy something with it that's similarly up or down, that's kind of a lateral move. You're not timing the market. Would that be a accurate statement? That is accurate. So if you sell a stock that's down 20%, you buy one that's down 20%, it's a lateral move. It's a lateral move. I just had to hear it again. Mm-hmm. I, I hear it and I forget it right after I hear it. Um, okay, one more thing. Uh, I've been reinvesting my dividends on my IRA. Uh, I've got a non-IRA account. Is it okay to just go ahead and reinvest that? Um, uh, I prefer not to reinvest because it, and just have the dividends go actually into your money market account. Because when you reinvest, you are predetermining where your new money is going to be invested. So if it just drops into your money market account, that gives you the opportunity to for you to decide where to deploy that new money. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and I did, uh, I did send the emails about 3 o'clock this morning to UT74 and UT82. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Good day. All right. Thanks for calling and thanks for being a partner. Let's get to Vicki. Vicki's calling us from Virginia. Hi, Shanna. Good morning. I have two quick questions. And one I think will help a lot of people like me who are income investors, and that is um, your opinion on bank versus brokered CDs in this environment we're in in the United States. And the other one is I have asset allocation for the um, 
Timothy plan on the equity income income portfolio, but I'm wondering if I can just exchange ETF two for ETF five because I caught your program one day, and I thought you said those of us that are older, you recommended the ETF five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my opinion on the the bank versus brokered CDs, um, I think they're both just fine as long as they're FDIC insured. I mean, that's not going to protect you from a financial collapse, but it does indicate to you that the financial institutions are legitimate, that they go through um, all of the requirements that it takes to be an FDIC insured um, institution. So the the pro to the brokered CDs is that if you have a brokerage account, you can shop uh, financial institutions across the country for the best rate. And it's very easy to do. So you can do it all in one account. Um, Whenever you go, you can sort them. Like if you're trying to build a CD ladder, which is not as effective right now with an inverted yield curve that we're seeing. But typically what you see is that the five-year CD rate is higher than the one-year CD rate. So you buy a one, two, three, four, and five-year CD. And as you have a, a CD that's coming due every year, as that CD comes due, then you invest it in a five-year to where eventually you have all higher yielding five-year CDs that that helps to Im- improve the yield there and it's very easy to do when you use when you do a, a brokered um, account the brokered CDs in a in an one account because you'll get all of your notices for renewals if you have your CDs at multiple different um, institutions locally then you you know you've got to go in and you've got to um, deal with all of those and it can become it can become very time consuming so it makes it a lot easier and more efficient to do it uh, the brokered CDs in that manner and you can also um, you know have a lot more money than what is normally FDIC insured at one institution inside your brokerage firms if you're getting the CDs from multiple different organizations. So there's a, a lot of convenience that comes there with the brokered CDs um, versus the the bank CDs. Um, another issue with um, that's not just logistical with using a local institution to do your CDs or multiple institutions is that you'll get more and more um, correspondence from them. So a lot of times banks uh, and credit unions even will have relationships with financial advisors or financial institutions, and they will share the information about people who have CDs come and do and things like that. And you'll start to get calls from them about the different products that they offer. And, you know, this can be really be a distraction. It's always in times of market decline that we really see the gold salesmen start to increase their activity and also the annuity salesmen because an annuity um, is one of the only products that we can offer in the financial services industry that we can actually use the word guarantee. And, you know, both the gold and the annuity sales tactics are very fear-based. So, you know, that's another exposure that you have um, to kind of get you distracted from the strategy that you're following. Um, as far as the ETFs go, um, 
the ex, the term exchange really applies to mutual funds. Um, when you're buying a share mutual funds, you can exchange within the fund family. So if you if you have if you need to go from the Timothy Israel fund to the Timothy fixed income fund, you can put the trade in as an exchange, and you don't have to pay that upfront commission again. But there is no real exchange. Uh, technical exchange between ETFs because they trade like stocks. So you have to sell one and buy the other. But I think the question is more along the lines of which one should you own. Um, and there's you're, you are right. You did hear me say that if you're over 55 or really if you're over 65, there's a note on the asset allocation model that you should lean more toward the enhanced uh, version. I'm starting to back off of that a little bit because the um, the enhanced versions are both uh, of the TPLC and TPHD. The enhanced versions are both 50-50 cash right now. So they do have strategies to redeploy some of that cash. But since we have recently gone heavier in cash, it, having the enhanced strategy is going to put you even more in cash, and you're going to be a little bit more uncertain about the timing of the cash in your portfolio. So if you have a much lower risk tolerance, I would stay with the enhanced strategy. You can own both. You just lump them into that same category. I've even changed the uh, the description there. If you're using the portfolio tracker, uh, you see now TB, um, HD and E kind of go in the same, uh, lumped in the same category. You are a wealth of information. Thank you so much. You have a great day, and God bless you and the staff. Great. Thanks for calling, Vicki. We appreciate you and your partnership so much. We've got Jim calling from Wisconsin. Yeah, good morning, Shanna. Good morning. My question is, is uh, I know we got an alert on selling a non-BRI stock and sell it by a certain date. I wonder... The, the coordination of that is could that be coordinated with uh, Timothy too, so they would sell theirs at we would sell ours at the same time that they sold theirs, so that when we actually sell these stocks, it has an impact on the company that that they will actually notice because right now, I guess my understanding what I would be seeing is <clears throat> an issue an alert goes out to the partners sell a stock, and somebody sells it today, somebody sells it tomorrow, Timothy sells theirs, uh, I don't know, when they can, because they can only sell, I guess, at certain times. And Mm -hmm. if we're going to do this, it needs to be, have an impact and be noticed by the company. I agree. You know, I, I wish that we could make a big impact on the price of a stock. Um, we're working through some of those. We're praying through some of those issues on how we can do that. And I would just ask that you join with us in prayer and uh, ask the Lord to give us guidance on how we can make the most impact. Um, I have to admit, I'm a little bit pessimistic about these companies really getting it. You know, there's this woke ideology that is just infecting corporate America, and it's a very, very big movement. So I don't know. Maybe we're maybe it's going to become like a, a, a David and Goliath kind of story where the Lord is going to give us favor, and these companies are going to see these things, or it may just be that the Lord is 
uh, narrowing the playing field for us and and really preserving a remnant in corporate America. Now, it's not a remnant right now. It's it's you know ten percent or less of publicly traded companies are uh, violating our screens. But you know we are getting engaged. We are getting involved. We are getting on the radar by sending these emails. So you're right. It's not enough to just sell the company. We have to reach out. We have to be salt and light. These corporations have to hear from the other side, um, meaning our side, because they're hearing from the left loud and clear. And, you know, they're being pressed upon really hard. Um, they're even getting they're they're drafting shareholder resolutions all the time. I know most people just get overwhelmed with all the paperwork that comes or all of the information that comes from owning a lot of individual stocks and they just kind of get numb to it. But if you actually look through some of those uh, proxies that you get and shareholder reports, you're going to see what's what's on the ballot and you're going to see things like the left drafting these shareholder resolutions. One of the one one of their favorites right now is that the company uh, changes its direction and becomes a public benefit corporation. Well, what a public benefit corporation is just another word for socialism. It's part of that that uh, socialist uh, Marxist agenda that the left is pushing. They want companies to not operate in a free market society anymore. They want them to operate for the benefit of the public. And what that translates into is they want them to support with corporate profits, the LGBTQ agenda, the whole gender identity mess, the uh, marriage Uh, being redefined for other than what God says it is, the abortion, all of these things that are very near and dear to the heart of the left, which, you know, when you when you when you look into those policies, you're going to see stealing, killing and destroying, which is the agenda of the enemy of our soul. So, you know, I hear you loud and clear, and I just ask that you pray with us and and uh, as to how we can continue to be salt and light in this area. Well, I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to get right back to your calls. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with. We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
Securities offered through GA Repel and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and I'm here with you today answering your questions, and we're going to get right to those. Well, Seth, what do we have there on social? Got a lot of good stuff here, Shanna. I wanted to address this first one here because I think it's a really good question, and a couple people have asked it, and both you and I have addressed this before on the show. Joe from Texas uh, on the website saying, good morning, I apologize if I missed the answer to this question I submitted last week. I'm a new listener, and I'd like to know where I could find information regarding who is responsible for your stock recommendations and by what criteria is used. I've diligently searched your website and cannot find any information. What do you think, Shanna? All right. Well, I can answer that generally. The criteria that is used, as Dan always used to say, is proprietary information. It's one of the things that makes our our uh, strategy unique. So I'm not going to get into using, I mean, there's more than 60 things that we look at as we're trying to decide whether or not to put a company on the buy list. The number one thing is obviously whether or not it is biblically responsible. So that's going to be our first criteria. Uh, then we are putting forth a long-term strategy. So we're not trying to time the market. We're not trying to, uh, you know, trade stocks. It is a a, a long-term strategy. So we're advocating that you build a quality portfolio, that you understand the companies that you own and what they do, that you have diversification. So asset allocation is the number one factor that is going to influence your portfolio. And so what we're looking for um, whenever we're putting things onto the buy list, we have um, partners who are in every stage of building to maintaining a portfolio. So meaning that we have people who have 100% in cash that are trying to build a portfolio. Uh, We do advocate dollar cost averaging. That is part of our strategy if you're building a portfolio. So you should go in little by little, um, split up your total over 6 to 12 months, um, and be disciplined and move in. So those are kind of the cornerstones of the portfolio long-term Fun, you know, fun, there's fundamental research. There's very little technical research. There's some things that we look at. Some things are weighted more than others. Um, we're not just going to publish our our strategy. And you know, if you look anywhere in the investment world, you're not going to find that. I mean, if you look at a mutual fund, you'll get a very, very general description of what the the strategy is and kind of what the rules of the manager are, even if you look in the prospectus. But you're not going to find the formula for what they use. Um, to put things on and off, you know, whether or not they're going to buy or hold or or sell something. So, you know, the obvious things are going to be biblically responsible. And, you know, the the second most important thing for us is going to be asset allocation. So that's why we're working on the back end with a broad list to try to get um, that published. It just, it does take a little bit of time because there's such a huge amount of data that we're working with. And so um, there is a financial... Uh, a stock analyst that is on my team. And so 
Um, it, it is a little bit of a group effort that we're uh, getting the research done and getting the asset allocation models updated. So, um, you know, there could be more to come in the future as we start to reveal those things. But as you know, we're, we've been under a, a unexpected transition period in the ministry. So prior to Dan's death, he was um, doing all of the research and managing the asset allocation models. So it is a big set of shoes to fill, and we're doing the best that we can there. So we are working on an investment policy statement where we'll be able to put together um, and put out like a, a better description of what we're doing. But for now, we're just trying to um, work through. We're trying to make sure that we get to all of the relevant issues first and foremost, which is to help those people who have come alongside the ministry to continue to build their portfolio. So we're trying to get not only stocks in every sector that are on the list, we're looking for decent entry points from a long-term perspective. So that doesn't mean, you know, occasionally you'll see we had a healthcare stock that was on the buy list for a short period of time and then we took it off because it it ran up so much and we just didn't feel as good about the entry point. But um, it's not a short-term trading strategy. So the things that are on the buy list mean that they're that they're a decent entry point and they're good to buy if you're building a long-term por- term portfolio. If you're trying to trade the market and get in and out and, you know, try, trying to make a, a quick profit, we are not the strategy for you to follow. It's a great answer there, Shanna. I love that. <laughs> Here's another good one uh, that just came in from Lisa in Texas. She's asking a good question, Shanna. Since the world is so crazy, why are we even in the market? <laughs> and you know, she's, she's wondering because she's seeing these stocks go down and it's a little bit scary. Yep. Well, where else are you going to go? <laughs> the bond market's down more than 20%. It is starting to look favorable. You'll notice that we did do an increase in our asset allocations there. Um, you know, CDs are have a negative real rate of return. When you look at inflation over 8% and you're getting 2 to 3%, maybe a little bit more than that in a CD, you actually have a negative rate of return of, say, 5% or more. If you're in cash, you have a and you're getting zero interest, you have a negative return of eight percent. Gold is negative fifteen to twenty percent. Crypto's negative forty to sixty percent. So, where are you going to go? <laughs> I mean, the the equities, and we're not all in equities either. We don't have a hundred percent equity strategy. We have a diversified strategy. It's just unfortunate right now that most things. Uh, If you look at sector-wide or asset classes, most things are down. But there are always pockets of opportunity. And if you even look at our buy list, you'll you'll notice that there are some there are there are some stocks that are up from where we put them on, even in the market where even in the markets that are down twenty to thirty more than thirty percent. Good stuff, Shanna. We've got a couple here on YouTube as well. Alvin is watching on YouTube saying, thank you, Shanna, for your service. And God bless you and FISM. I'm missing Dan very much, but you are doing a great job. Thank you, Alvin. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks, Alvin. We're missing him too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's one from David, Shanna. Uh, actually, you know what? We're going to skip that one for now. We've got one more on YouTube. Uh, this is someone whose name I unfortunately cannot pronounce, but they're watching on YouTube. They're saying, good morning. Would you please clarify asset allocation for financial REITs? The allocation lumps together, but the buy list separated them into two categories. How should we allocate across the two groups? 
Okay, great. So the allocation is for preferreds, REITs, and financials, which are really all kind of lumped into financials. Uh, we, are, we are not huge fans of, of banks. Um, I think Dan said that there has never been a, a traditional bank on his buy list. There's a, a lot. There are several reasons for that, but we won't get into that right now. So, if you have, let's just say, a three percent allocation towards REITs, preferreds, and uh, financials, then you can split those up however you see fit. So, for now, the only thing that is on the buy list is uh, we have something in the REIT category, and the kind of the rule of thumb is that you want to have between one to two and a half percent in um, one particular company or one particular REIT, so to speak. So you could, if you're, if you have zero percent in that sector right now, you could put up to one one and a half percent. You know, maybe two percent into that one position, but you're going to have to wait for something else to come on. So there haven't been any preferred stocks on the buy list in a really long time. I don't know exactly what the time frame is. Maybe maybe two or maybe even three years. It's just been really difficult to find good quality preferreds. Um, Dan had a really hard time doing it, and we haven't had much luck either. So, But we're leaving that in there because there are partners who own preferreds from when they were on the list. And we don't want to give them the indication that we want them to sell them by, by reducing that to zero or breaking them out. So the reason that we separate the sectors um, on the the buy list is so that you really know where they fall, what actual sector that they're in. Good stuff, Shanna. We might have time for an Ask Shanna or two here before the end okay. of the segment. Uh, Jason from Kansas is saying, there's only one REIT on the buy list currently. Similar question. Uh, <laughs> would it be unwise to fill my entire REIT allocation with this company? And by the way, I'm 25 years old. Jason, good to see that you're investing at a young age. Yep. <laughs> so we did just answer that question. <laughs> and the answer is yes, wait. So you could get that. I'm not sure which model he's following. It sounds like he may be following the Timothy allocation. And if you are following the Timothy allocation, you want to wait until we get those updated. There is, if you go on the partner side and you look at the asset allocation models, we've now added the date of the last update for every model. So you'll see all of the investment models with the exception of the income model have been updated as of September the 22nd, I believe. And then there's a note on every other one, the TSP and all of the Timothy that says under review. So, you know, don't rebalance if you're there, just hold off. If you're building a portfolio, it's going to be okay to wait a couple more days. We are in the the final stages of, um, of tweaking those models for you. Not not huge, huge changes, but um, you know we are looking to make those a little bit more consistent and looking at the risk, trying to make sure that we have because risk changes all the time as uh, things happen in the market. You know, price is going to be uh, a factor for volatility, so we want to make sure that. The younger the age model, the more market risk there is. The more market exposure, stock market exposure there's going to be. And the more with more risk means more volatility and more long-term returns. So the closer you get to retirement and being in the stage of life where you're actually taking money out of your portfolio, you need to take risk off the table. 
Well, I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back for a few more minutes of the show. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and and to to take take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250 keyword baby, pound 250 baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and I just want to mention that if you are taking heed of some of the things that I've shared with you on the program today and you're re- reducing your debt, you're um, looking at the the um, interest rates that you have, I would encourage you to check out Christian Community Credit Union. You can find them on our website. It's financialissues.org and click on their banner. That'll take you to their site. And they have lots of great uh, loan products. If, if you're trying to 
um, get that house in order. They also have some great CD rates if you're looking to fill out part of your cash equivalent uh, section of your portfolio. You could you could use CDs to do that. So I encourage you to check them out um, at CCC. You. That's Christian Community Credit Union. And when you do that, you're going to be um, kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're going to be um, taking care of your financial household, <clears throat> and you're also going to be supporting missions because they are equally yoked in their um, in their goals with us as Christians, and their credit cards and debit cards support missions. So it's a great way to um, take care of that part of your financial life. Well, let's get right to calls. We have Marvin calling from North Carolina. Hey, Shanna. So I'm becoming a regular. <laughs> Great. Um, listen, I, I'm the one who called and said this is not the time to be jumping ship um, from the plan, you know, that um, Dan and now you are uh, keeping us on track with. Um, yes, this is an exciting time for me um, and for my wife and for our portfolio. Uh, we've been buying into the positions that we've been waiting. You know, Dan kept talking about those, uh, the, the new lows are higher than the old lows. I'm actually buying into some positions I thought I never would be able to again. Awesome. So, one, that's it. But my question, it's, and you might need to think about this for a minute, but with a broad paintbrush, what should our government be looking to do? What are the four or five things that they should be doing to responsibly reduce the $30 trillion deficit without destroying our country? <laughs> so I don't actually. I, so, you know, I mean, everybody talks about, well, this is wrong and that's wrong and this isn't right and that's right. What should they be looking at so we can have an idea of if we are communicating with our congressmen? Um, what should what are four or five things they should be doing and what steps to get back in control other than shrinking government? I know it would be one of the things that you and Dan would be talking about. So well, I, well, I'll that's leave it, it in a nutshell. Uh, just listen. <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> it, it in you. a nutshell. The first thing that they have to do is stop the spending. So the problem is, is that they've gotten people hooked on government assistance. And once you get to a point where the majority of people are relying on the government for their existence, for their monthly checks, or at at some point, at some part of their monthly income, they're not going to vote out their benefits. So, I mean, that we need a paradigm shift about who's God. You know, God gives us the ability to earn income. God owns it all and he controls it all. And so he gives us resources to be able to support ourselves and the ability to earn income. The problem is that we have now, uh, a lot of us now have shifted that role to the government. Oh, well, the government's supposed to take care of me. The government's supposed to step in when I can't pay my bills. The government is supposed to, you know, wipe out my, my student loan debt that, you know, I may or may not have incurred irresponsibly. Um, you know, it's the government, the government, the government. And so we've replaced God with the government. So the first thing that needs to happen is we need to dispel that lie. And then, you know, so we've got to stop the spending. You know, we've got to get the deficit under control before we can even start to touch the debt. Those are two two different things, you know. 
Joe Biden took victory laps about how he had reduced the deficit. I wonder what the next State of the Union speech is, is he's going to be bragging about because it's not going to be that. You know, I mean, he's passed the um, the Inflation Reduction Act, which does no such thing. It just creates more and more spending. So until we can get some people in there that will put a stop to that. You know, one of the things that Donald Trump did is he he said, you know, he went to every agency in the government and said, you've got to reduce costs by, I think it was some, something like 5%. So they thought, oh, well, that's going to be impossible. But you know what they did? And some of them cut more than that. So there is so much frivolous spending that goes on in our country, and that has to be stopped first before we can even take a crack at the debt. And what's even going to make it worse now is interest rates are going up. So our debt service is going to be going up. Um, so we, we just have to get rid of some of these programs, and it's not going to be done without a good good amount of pain. So I thank you for calling, Marvin, and you're going to get a copy. I'm sure Darlene got your information, and you're going to get a copy of The Fear of Money with the workbook. So you're going to... Um, uh, hope I, I I know you will be blessed if you if you take that um, study seriously. Right. Shanna, that's such a good question Marvin was asking. You know, I, I, even in the question itself, I think there's a solution there. Like he's asking the right questions. The government isn't taking responsibility for their actions. They just have to start by taking some responsibility. My goodness. Yeah. So, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's get to Kevin. Kevin's calling from Arkansas. Hi, Shanna. Good morning. I appreciate all y'all do there, um, and I hope y'all can just keep pressing on. Um, I have a question for you. I have about 300000 in an annuity. I'm 67, retired, and uh, it's been there about seven years, and I'm, I would like to uh, move it from that and take that money and invest it uh, per your buy list. I was wondering... What would be the process I would need to do? All right. Do you know, is it a IRA type annuity or just a non-qualified? It's an IRA. Okay. So that makes it really easy. Um, that I, I, never, I never really get why, well, I do, but I, I never really get why advisors might recommend that you put an annuity inside of an IRA because you don't get any additional tax benefits to do that, but... Um, you know, I'm sure that they they value the guarantees that are on the annuity and and um, probably the paychecks that come with that annuity um, for them, not for you. Um, so it, it's pretty easy. You want to make make sure that you look and see what kind of surrender penalties you might or might not have. You did say that it's seven years old, so. Uh, hopefully, there are no more surrender penalties. If there are, you could just request that the surrender-free amount be transferred. You'll have to open another IRA wherever you're um, going to have your brokerage account. Open an IRA, and then you just request a surrender of the penalty-free amount there. So if you're past the, the full surrender for the product, then they'll send the whole amount there. The other thing that you want to check, but because you just want to... Um, half full disclosure and you want to know what what you're giving up is you want to look to see if there what are the guarantees on your annuity and just make sure that you understand um, what you're giving up there and while you're doing that the cost associated with them so what it comes down to for most people 
is once they really understand the guarantees that they have with the annuity, most of the time they turn out to not be what they thought they were. So then you're at a point of making a decision. Are the guarantees that I do have worth what I'm paying for them? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure I probably want to take it out um, because, you know, I, what y'all normally say and, you know, I don't have any idea really what all it's invested in. And I would like to be biblically responsible with it. And um, if I were to do that, and I plan to, uh, what would you suggest? I don't anticipate having the need of that money. I know that in a few years I'm going to have to draw it anyway, take a minimum. But would you suggest taking that full amount and just turning around and buying uh, from your buy list uh, for the full amount, or would you do it in increments maybe? Definitely do it in increments. Yeah, definitely do it in increments over the next 6 to 12 months. That's always part of the strategy if you're starting from a cash position is to go in periodically. It helps to buffer that volatility. I mean, you could miss it. I mean, this could be the bottom of the market. I don't necessarily think that it is. I think there's probably some more pain to come. But um, if it is the bottom of the market, the worst case scenario is that you miss the bottom and you're getting in at you know a little bit higher prices over time. Well, we thank you for calling, Kevin. We thank you for being a partner. We thank you for your support and um, all of you. So if you want to know more about our strategy, visit our website at financialissues.org. It's very cost efficient to become a partner for $85 a year. You get access to our buy list. You get alerts when there's a a stock that you should sell, either for biblically responsible reasons or other reasons that we might see fit. You get access to the asset allocation models and a ton of instructional videos that show you how to get started and give you great information on how to stay disciplined. Um, In addition to that, I mean, you don't have to be a partner to listen to the show every day, but you can call in. We do partner conference calls once a month. Um, at least once a month, sometimes more than that, if we if we see fit, um, if we have something that we want to communicate. So I just encourage you to check that out. For $124, you can get access to our portfolio tracker, which is really invaluable if you're going to be managing your portfolio on your own. It's a really simple way to see what you have as compared to where you should be and be able to make those changes. Make sure that you belong to Him and that we're taking care of everything that He's given us to be a good steward. Well, we hope you have a wonderful day of worship on Sunday, and Lord willing, we'll be back here on Monday, same time, same place. ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.